0: Well, we're going to talk about something that may be very dear to us tonight. I have spent most of the day today in preparation for tonight, and um, I debated on how to approach the subject matter that uh, that I have to bring to you tonight, and. Um, not exactly sure how to approach maybe stepping into this subject. So I thought that it may be appropriate for some of us to uh, use for a title tonight, Do You Remember When? Do You Remember When? And then I thought maybe I should use for a title tonight, uh, can you remember when? And I thought maybe, I don't know if any of you are like me, but sometimes it's kind of one of those deals of, boy, it seems familiar. You know, you ever run into people, meet people, and you're like, wow, well, you look familiar, but it's just not clicking. You know, I don't feel so bad when they say, well, it, you know, 30 years ago, And then I'm, oh, good, good. But when they said, yeah, I was just just with you a few weeks ago. I went and met a guy a few weeks ago and got out of the car. And I thought, man, he looks so familiar. And I start talking to him. And he's like, yeah, I met with you at your church just a few days ago. (laughs) Oh, oh. Of course I remember. Yes, I do now that you've reminded me. But actually, for a subject tonight... I want to ask, i want to use a question, and this is going to be very personal, and hopefully the lesson that I'm going to teach tonight is, is not so personal that it makes you uncomfortable, but maybe uncomfortable enough to really realize the importance of what we're going to talk about tonight. But for a subject matter tonight, I am going to ask a question. Can you forget it? Can you forget it? People normally ask us what we can remember, but I want to ask you tonight: Can you forget it? the human The human mind is so created that uh, I did some interesting reading today on on memory and forgetfulness, and of course, most of us um, we we dread a thought perhaps reaching a point and stage in our life where that our memory uh, would not be it uh, we would not be able to um, to remember what we used to remember and uh, a lot of us joke about those things but it's really no joking matter at all for us to be able to recall and remember but the human brain is so built that when we Encounter things that impact our life. We use different phrases when we talk about things that impact our life. They make indelible marks. They are, they're marquee moments. Uh, When things truly impact our life, we remember them. And we talk about them. And the reason that it is so important that we talk about things, and I often remind the church to talk about the blessings of God, talk about healing, talk about miracles, talk about provision. When God does something, uh, I believe we ought to build a memorial, and we ought to tell it. It ought to become a story in our family. We were sick, couldn't get well. God healed us. We need to build a memorial there. It should be a story that we grow up, we, we raise our children and grandchildren up telling them, hey, I, I, you know, I haven't always been so blessed. But I was faithful to God, and God was faithful to me. And so we develop stories in our lives that, that we can, uh, that, that we tell, that we never forget what the Lord has done. That's why the, the issue of, in Scripture, dealing with building memorials, when the children of Israel crossed through uh, the Jordan River, and when they came out the other side, they were to take stones from the dry riverbed, and to build them as a memorial. The Scripture said so that when the children ask their fathers what meaneth these stones, the fathers will answer and will be able to tell them about God's delivering power. So it's very important that we build memorials, and memorials are to help us remember. If you go to Washington, D.C. or uh, state capitals even, there will be memorials or monuments that will be built and the purpose of them is so that it is to serve as a reminder. Oh, yeah, I remember. I remember what that's about. And uh, I enjoy that type thing. I enjoy going and reading the history and reading the, the placards often that will be placed there and uh, be re, re, uh, re-familiarizing myself with the things that, uh, of history that have happened. <coughs> They're placed there for us to remember. And what happens is when generations pass, since it was not personal to us, we so easily can then forget. But things in the human, with humanity, the way that we are made, the way that God built us, that our, our minds, uh, our mind holds on to very clear, distinct, we remember certain things. Uh, two and a half years ago, a little over, I had to go to the hospital and have a little surgery. Have uh, It was not a big deal to most people, but I became so sick that night, and the pain was so excruciating pain. The only thing that I could compare it to with pain that I'd ever had before uh, would be to when I ruptured disc in my back, and it was excruciating pain that I could not endure. Now, why do I talk about those, those things? Now, I've been sick with the flu a lot of times. I've, I've had things happen. I've smashed my finger uh, to where I completely crushed the bone in the end of my finger. Um, and I remember that. It was very, very painful. But it was not painful to the point uh, that when you ask about pain, the first thing my memory goes to is, are those, mom- those moments that impacted me so deeply. How many of you know what I'm talking about? And the same is true when we deal with emotional pain, Uh, things that we go through, um, difficult struggles, the moment uh, you you remember things that impact you. Um, There are things in life that, that affect us that we really wish we could forget. But for some reason... We can't forget it. And the reason we can't forget it is because God made us so that our mind retains things that affect us so deeply. Perhaps if I ask a lot of the the men tonight, when is your anniversary? You may not even be able to tell me. But uh, I'm sure that some of you will. uh, Maybe, hopefully, all of you will. But if I ask the ladies about their wedding day, they would be able to tell us. And probably my wife will talk about things from our wedding. And I'm like, yes. Really? (laughs) I don't. And there's things that I remember, but she remembers in more explicit detail. I'm done losing a couple. See right here. We remember things that are important to us, things that affect us the, the, the greatest, and then there are things that happen to us that we want to forget, but we can't forget them. We, we want to get it out of our mind. We, want it, we don't want it to bother us. My wife, and, and some of this lends to personality, how quickly people forget things, or how quickly we recall or remember um, I am so built. My wife says that I have the memory of an elephant, but it's not true, because after like forty years, elephants actually forget what I still remember things like when I was three. My my wife will often often remind me uh, of of you know that was you know that was a long time ago, um, and. I'm so built that, you know, we, we can have a, uh, we don't argue in our home. We have discussions and slight disagreements, but we, did, we never argue. And um, if, if the discussion gets a little heated, which rarely, rarely happens, you know, once a week or so, I'm only kidding and my wife is so built that we can have a difference she moves on and the next day she doesn't remember it I have to remind her why that I am still upset and it's just how I'm built I, a year later I, in a discussion I will remind her Of a discussion we had a year ago. And she will be like, really? That happened? But I take things a little more personal maybe. So there's all of us have things that we want to forget. It's pain, anguish, things that we go go through. They, They say that humans truly never fully forget. Uh, that in the learning process or the memory process, as it is processed into the brain, and of course, it's not any deep science. Most of you understand and know that the indentions and the crevices of the brain is, is all, all in the, the makeup of how God has chosen to, to line our brain with memory cells so that we can, we can uh, be able to recall. I only have a few of those in my in my brain, but boy, they are deep. So they say that humans never truly forget, but it is the recall system, and so that's why it's so very important for people who are trying to stay sharp mentally. That's why reading and doing cross what is it called crossword puzzles. Um, That is very important. It's the recall, learning to recall, and. It's actually, although it's not a muscle, it's very similar to muscle activity, the, the training of the brain uh, to be able to w- recall things very quickly. And uh, the things that you work on, you're, you're able to, to recall and, and do uh, better and do more quickly. I was always very good at math, I was always ahead of the class in math. I was one of those weird math guys that couldn't spell. And uh, English was not my best subject, still not. Uh, and amazingly that I am a preacher, and uh, English was not a good subject, and I despised history. But math, man, I was good at math. I could, I could just buzz through math. It, was, it made sense to me. It, I could just calculate, and it was no problem. Uh, sometimes the race in the office, if we're doing figures, is whether Cheryl can punch the numbers in on the calculator faster than what I can give her the answer. And uh, it's it's often a race, and, and I beat her most of the time. Uh, it's just it's it's kind of the way that we everybody is made with these certain things that uh, that you work towards. So when it comes to forgetting, uh, and it comes to recalling the things that we we give ourselves to are the areas that our memory will recall more quickly. So now, if you stay with me for a few moments, this is not a, bi- a biology lesson tonight, but uh, we're going to talk about some things that the Apostle Paul shared with us in Philippians chapter 3 when he said, forgetting those things which are behind. So my scriptural reference tonight is coming from the Apostle Paul's teaching where he is saying forgetting those things that are behind, and reaching forth to those things that are before. Um, I I want to help us tonight to understand the the genetical aspect of our memory and our recall. I want to help you in a physical realm of things that we can do to help ourselves in a spiritual realm. Now, hopefully that's not too complicated for you to understand. Basically, I'm going to tell you some things that you have to do physically if you want to help yourself spiritually. And if we truly want to, if you want to bog yourself down spiritually, spend your time thinking on things that bring pain into your life. And here is the issue. Often when I talk with people who say, I just can't shake it, where are you allowing your mind to dwell? It's like me with mathematics. I'm pretty good at math, and I like to work math in my head. I enjoy that. It's a, it's a personal challenge for me when people will often, they'll, they'll pull things up, or I'll, I'll be uh, doing business somewhere, and somebody will throw a math problem at me, and I'm all, uh, just it happens automatically. I'm calculating it in my mind. And when I throw an answer out to them, they'll often step back and say, whoa, where did that come from? And it's because that, that's something that I enjoy doing, and I work at that, keeping myself sharp. And so keep keeping that thought process clicking to where I am able to do that. When it comes to remembering the pain of your past and remembering things that hurt you and harmed you and affected you, the more you recall them the easier it will be to recall them. And the more you work at saying, I am going to forget that. I refuse to dwell on it. I refuse to harbor it. I refuse to hold it. I refuse to have a conversation about it. Now, Pastor, isn't that a little offensive? If my spiritual well-being is being affected, Please don't get offended if I tell you I don't want to discuss this. All right. Doesn't mean I don't love you. It means I'm choosing not to have a discussion about something that is going to bring me down. All right. That is going to affect me. Somebody says, well, we live in the real world, and my real world is filled with painful moments. And if I dwell on them, I can promise you I'm qualified to speak on the things I'm speaking on tonight because I have dealt with depression and I have dealt with bitterness. I I know you think I walk on water, right? I can speak on these things and I I have dealt with those things because of things that have happened in my life. Namely, hurts that have affected me. Times in my life... I lost my mother at 63 years old. That's, she, that's way too young to pass. I was only 30. I wasn't ready to lose my mother. That was a painful moment in my life. I questioned God. I questioned friends that didn't stand close to me. I, I didn't know how to deal with it. I struggled. I, 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 there was so much pain and so much anguish I started looking at people thinking that if people were not running to my rescue, that that they were opposed and against me. All of these things were false, but it was because that I allowed myself to dwell on the pain that I felt from what I went through. Instead of, deciding that I'm going to find what was good, that the Lord gave me a wonderful lady as a mother and I was able to spend 30 years with her. And that she was saved and that she lived for God and that she taught me a lot of wonderful things. And so I have to learn to focus on what is positive instead of on what is negative because in life we have both positives and negatives. So my question for you tonight, can you forget the negatives and focus on the positives? There is the challenge for you tonight. There's some things that we all want to forget. And we may let them go. We may truly let them go. But then something somewhere down the road hits an internal trigger, trigger of remembrance And for a moment, we relive the unforgettable events of our past. Anybody know what I'm talking about? I really thought I was over it. Really thought I was beyond it. Really thought I was past it. But then some little something is said or some who in the world knows what. I'm walking with my wife. And we're in Oklahoma City and we're talking and it was one of those things that we're, you know, we're, we're just walking down the sidewalk and I'm in mid-conversation and I'm really into the conversation and I arrived at the edge of a curb and didn't realize it. You ever do that? Like it was only a six-inch step. You'd have thought I fell four floors. And at that very moment that that happened to me, I recall, I immediately recalled what it was like when I first injured my back. And I remember that just walking that there could be a quarter inch difference in the floor and I could somehow sense that it was there and it would send like shock waves through my spine. And I I would think that I was going to die in excruciating pain just from a small little misstep in walking. And whatever, that that little six-inch step off of a curb the other day triggered that in my mind. And I stopped right there on the street. Don't even remember what we were talking about. But I turned around and shared with my wife the whole story about when I injured my back and how it felt. Because there was a little shockwave of pain that went up my spine when I made that misstep. And that little trigger took me back to something that happened to me 17 years ago. Now that's a physical realm, but I'm trying to help you in the spiritual realm to understand that you can actually move on. God's blessed me and I'm, I'm reasonably healthy and, and don't live every day uh, like I used to with some of the back pain and really feel that God has touched me. Really feel it's the hand of God. Never went under a knife. Never got on strong pain medication. God literally touched me. And I trust that it was God that touched me. And I give Him the glory and give Him the praise. And I've moved on and I don't live every day remembering about my back hurting. But some little something triggers and bang, it's, it's all right in the forefront of my mind. And so then for the next little while, I'm walking kind of stiff in my back, and I'm thinking, man, I don't want to misstep again. That kind of hurt when I stepped off. I'm trying to help you tonight to understand that you may really put some things behind you. You may move on, and then something triggers your memory, memory, and for a moment, those unforgettable things that you have put behind you come to your mind again. Now, The decisions rest upon you. Will I dwell on it? Will I talk about it? Will I expand it? Will I glorify it? Will I magnify it? Or will I put it back under the blood where it was? Will I put it back behind me again and say I refuse to go back there? I'm not going to go back and blame that, blame myself, blame others. I'm going to put it behind me. There's no reason. That's already been dealt with. It's under the blood. So the Apostle Paul, it almost seems jovial as he writes to the church in Philippi as he says, forgetting those things which are behind, I press toward the mark. Good for you, big boy. I literally looked at this text today Did did the apostle Paul have something that you and I don't have? I know he's an apostle called by God, but my my word, does does he have, does does, was his Holy Ghost different from mine? That he absolutely could just forget the things that were behind and pressed forward for those things which are before? Was he superhuman? And then I got to thinking about this apostle. This is the same guy, Brother Scott, that said, well, you know, the things that I would do, that's the very thing that I end up not doing. And the things that I don't want to do, well, I end up doing it. So wait a second, big boy. The things that I have happened to me, I can put behind me and I press toward the mark. Wait a second. Maybe we're we're looking at it from a realm that maybe is just a little bit off. Perhaps we should stop and realize that he's trying to give us a system of how to control our thinking that will be beneficial to our future because he lived in the same type human body that you and I live in. And so without a doubt, the things of his past, when his name was Saul, and he was coming against the church, and was tormenting the church, and do you think that he didn't deal with some guilt? Would you? If you harm the people of God and harm the church... And had this experience where God about blinds you and then gives you a revelation and then saves you and changes your name? I mean, this is all pretty amazing things. Are you telling me that you would never in a grateful moment look back and say, I'm ashamed of who I used to be? But then he tells the church and In the Philippian church, well, I forget the things that are behind. Somebody could say, well, Paul, you look self-righteous. I don't believe that was the issue. I think he was trying to help them understand. I've got a lot of things in my past. God even changed my name because he tried to help me forget what I used to be. And today he makes everything new. I've shared the story in a complete different light. The man that I worked with, his name was John. I worked with John who lived in Fort Wayne. He was a great soul winner in Brother Keller's Church in Fort Wayne. He was part of a motorcycle club. And uh, as a matter of fact, uh, he, was, he was part of uh, Hell's Angels Motorcycle Club, very, very rough motorcycle club. And he had worked hard and was ranking and up in levels in this motorcycle club. Made his living by uh, dealing drugs, and he was he was an enforcer in the group, which meant that he basically was the guy that beat people up that didn't pay their bills or did something wrong. And John was sharing with me his testimony, and he, by the way, today is is a preacher of the gospel, and he's he's uh, one of the greatest soul winners in the church in Fort Wayne. And uh, Brother Keller told me that he he'll win. 30 to 50 people a year by teaching home Bible studies and working the streets and bringing people in. An amazing, amazing soul winner. And so Brother John was sharing his story with me. And uh, so after we worked together a little while, I finally asked him, I said, so what kind of bike do you have? I figured, you know, he's a lover of bikes. I'm sure he probably still has a bike. And I said, what kind of bike do you have? And he said, bike, no, not me. And at that moment, he must have saw the look on my face and he said, no, 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 no. It's fine if you have one. I said, no, I don't have one. He said, well, it would be fine if you did. He said, there's a lot of people in our church that have them. He said, no, but for me, I can't own one. He said, I went and talked to my pastor about it a few years ago, and he said, well, John, that was 20 years ago. He said, you know, uh, you want a bike? You, you got to make a good living? Go go buy a bike. And he said, I went to the dealership and he said, Man, I found the bike I wanted. And he said, I got on that thing, started it up. He said, That thing started rumbling under me. And he said, I'm saying, Whoa. He said, Man, there was a wave of emotion that came over me. And he said, All of a sudden, I started sensing what that life I used to be. He said, It was just a reminder of where I came from. And he said, I just switched it off, put the kickstand down and got off. And he said, no, 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 go ahead and ride it. And he said, no, sir, I'm good. Wait, 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 what what can I do to make it right with you? What's, What's wrong? What did you find? He said, nothing, sir, nothing. It's just me. He said, I've never gone back to look at another bike. He said, because for me, that reminded me of the life that I once lived. And he said, I didn't want a reminder. How often do we allow a conversation to come into our home? How often do we allow a conversation to come up on social media between a spouse and a, a husband and a wife or between our kids or between family members that are things of our past that we put behind us? Yet, when we start feeling the rumble and the emotion comes over us, we should stop right there. No, sir. Sorry. Done. Not interested. Well, you know, I'm not going back to that life. No, no, no. He listened to his conscience. And he listened to what God was trying to speak into his spirit. And he said, I can't do this because it, is, it would be a constant reminder of the person that I used to be. Some of us, God has saved and brought a long way. Some of us, God has helped us through some very difficult times and hurtful times. Whatever it may be in your life that I'm speaking to tonight, you must make a decision. I choose to forget that. And by forgetting it, it doesn't mean that there's not going to be a moment that it's brought to my memory. But I refuse to dwell on it. I refuse to talk about it. I refuse to engage it. I refuse to ride the bike. I won't even take it for a test drive. Forgetting those things which are behind. He said, I press toward the mark. maybe forgetting that he's talking about is not being absent minded see we think that's how we think of that word right forgetting me- meaning absent minded i'm i'm abs- it's absent it doesn't exist in my my mind anymore and i've heard it preached and taught in that manner but i'm not sure that any of us have the ability to live there until we get in our glorified body because in heaven you're not going to have any memory of it you know how I know? Because you're not going to have memory of anything that brought pain, sorrow, anguish, disappointment. Everything's going to be peace and joy. So in heaven, you're, but until we get that glorified body and we're still in this body, there are going to be moments that we're going to step off the curb and be reminded of what happened 17 years ago. Or we're going to sit down on the bike and be reminded of the life we used to live and we're going to have to make a conscientious decision of no. Not going to talk about it. No, not going to go there. No, not going to allow myself to dwell on where I used to be. So I ran into somebody the other day. Haven't seen in many years. And as soon as I ran into them, they immediately brought up something that's 25 plus years old. And when I ran into them immediately with a smirk on their face, they brought something up. And I'm sure they really didn't mean it was more of going to be jovial and joking. And so they brought something up that they knew. We were very close friends back in those days and, and time and 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 life has just separated us. And we got back together, uh, bumped into one another and started to, started to chat. And immediately the conversation goes to something that happened 25 27 years ago, and as soon as that conversation began, they said, hey, you you remember? Do you remember when? And I looked at them, and they didn't even know how to handle it, because I just looked at them with a real soft smile, and I said, no, I remember forgetting that. And it was almost like, what? What? That's not original to me because I read a story several years ago about a person that had every opportunity to be bitter, and when they sit in a pastor's office and the pastor was talking to them as the lady's husband had walked out on her, left her for a much younger woman, and left her with three kids, no job, losing everything that she had, The husband walked, walked out, and left her, and the pastor sat down. And the pastor said, If anybody that I've ever met has a reason to be bitter, you have a reason to be bitter. And the pastor said that the wise lady answered him and said, Pastor, I cannot afford the luxury of bitterness. And he said, You have something that a lot of people don't have. How can you live with this memory every day and not be affected and be able to go on and keep your chin up and keep moving forward? And she responded, Pastor, I distinctly remember forgetting what he did to me. When I read that story, I made a decision. There are some things in life that we've got to do more than just go to an altar and repent and say, God, I'm sorry, forgive me. There are some things that happen to you that you're going to have to do more than say, say God, I forgive them. And there's some things that happen that you're going to have to do more than just look at somebody and say, I forgive you but we're going to truly have to forget it. And the world has misconstrued this whole idea of forgetting, and they pounded it into our heads that if we have any distinct memory of it, that there's something wrong with us, and we're not the child of God we ought to be, and we're not the Christian that we ought to be, because, oh, you're still remembering that. Well, the Bible said you got to forgive and forget. It really doesn't say it in that context, by the way. It does say we have to forgive it. And the Apostle Paul said that he forgot it. But I think what the Apostle Paul is saying, I remember distinctly when I made a decision to forget it. Paul, do you remember when you were persecuting the, the church? Nope. I remember forgetting that. Paul, do you remember? No, I remember forgetting that. If you'll practice it in your life, I promise you, you will find yourself growing spiritually and healthier physically because the stress that it's going to bring on your physical body to relive every day of reliving the past, reliving the hurt, reliving what you're going through. There is a person in my life, I respect them very much, and I've looked to them for answers on many occasions, but they went through a very, very difficult situation. And after going through that situation, I have noticed that some of the principles that they taught me and spoke into my life, I noticed them not living them. Because see, it's real easy to tell somebody, well, you need to just forgive and forget that. But the things that affect us, oh, no, I'm going to hold on to that. And the timing is not right, and I trust that the Lord is going to help this, this, this very respectable family. But right now they're hurting and they're going through it and they don't need somebody to go to them and look at them and say, well, you just need to forget that. You know why? Because right now it's raw. Right now the pain is real. When is it going to be time? I don't know and I can't tell you when it's going to be time with you either. But I know this much. If you give God time, eventually... He's going to bring you to a point that you are going to have to make a decision whether you're going to live with it every day in your life or you're going to forgive it. And you're going to forget it. Not talking about it anymore. We're not discussing it anymore. We're not going back there anymore. I'm not the person I used to be. I have moved on. So forgetting is not being absent-minded. But it's a choice not to continue cycling the response to the things we wish we could forget. But maybe rather it is refusing to continue to respond to the same negative impulses and urges within us and not allowing what's happened in our past to affect our future. Here is the issue. You can't forgive it until you forget it. The pastor, you may have that backwards. I don't think so, and I'm going to try to help you with this. Because most people say, well, I've forgiven it, but I hadn't forgotten it. You probably didn't forgive it if you hadn't forgotten it. Well, Pastor, it's right in my memory bank. Of course it is, and it's going to always be there. But your decision of how you're going to handle it is going to be a distinct difference in how your future is going to turn out. When you reach the point that you can deal with it from a point of view of saying, I'm putting this behind me. I'm not going to talk about it. I'm not going to, I'm not going to discuss it. I'm not going to allow it to weigh on my mind and keep me awake at night pondering over and over and over the things that I cannot change. Because here's the issue. Someone wisely said, even God himself cannot change our past. He can forgive us for the past, but he can't change our past. So the issue is, the only way that you're going to press forward and be different in your tomorrow, you've got to be proactive about how you're going to handle yesterday. I think I'm talking talking to some folks today that know that what God has for your future is greater than your past. But when we focus on our past, it needs to be on the blessings of God and the memorials that we have built and what God has done. If we all want to drudge up our past, every one of us have sin in our past. Oh, boy, I thought you'd run the aisles on that. Oh, but Don't tell me I've had sin in my past. Of course you have. All have sinned and come short. All have sinned and come short. We all have done things in our past we shouldn't have done and normally wish we wouldn't have done. And so the point is, is that we all have a past. We all have a history. And the things that I'm speaking into tonight, here's the issue. We all have a sinful past. But we also have a forgiven future. So how's the balance is going to be weighed? Are you going to spend your are you going to spend all your time thinking about your sinful past? Or are you going to spend it working on your forgiven future? But it's not always a sin issue. Sometimes it is a hurt. It is a sin against us. Somebody has hurt us. Somebody said something about us. Somebody acted some way toward us. Somebody did something to us, affected us in some negative way. How are you going to spend your future? Can you forgive that? Can you forget that? Well, I'll, I may forgive it, but I won't ever forget what they've done. Of course, that's, that's the human, what I'm trying to help you with tonight. That is the human aspect of all of this, but I, I may never be bosom buddies with them But I don't have to allow it to affect my future. Because what somebody has done to you is their problem, not your problem. The only thing that's your problem is how you respond to what they did to you. So, what happens to you is not your fault. Don't take it on as your fault. I didn't do anything to merit this. It is not my fault and I refuse to take the blame for it and I refuse to dwell on it. I can't change it. And here's the problem. They can't change it. They've already done it. Somebody says, well, they're not sorry. That's between them and God. I forgave them. I'm sure I'm not the only one. Some of you have had people come to you and say, I want you to forgive me because of this, this, and this. And you know, one of the greatest moments is when I have already dealt with it internally. And when somebody comes and says, I need to make something right with you. What do you have to make right? Well, remember back when such and such. Oh, sister. Oh, brother. I clearly remember forgiving that. You were forgiven before you ever asked. That is a moment of spiritual maturity in your life when you learn to deal with it. They didn't ask for forgiveness, but I gave it to them. That doesn't mean that I went to them and said, you didn't ask, but you're forgiven. They maybe didn't ask, but I forgave them in my spirit. You're not going to affect my future. And what you said about me is not true and I'm not going to take that on and live that in my life. I'm not going to stay awake at night worrying about what you said or how you acted or how you treated or what you did. It's not going to affect my future. And then, there are the things that we bring on ourselves. This is the hard one. Boy, is it evermore. Because the hardest part of forgiveness is forgiving your own self. I ought to have got a hearty Baptist amen out of that. When you repent, God is faithful and just to Forgive. One trip to an altar of repentance and God has forgiven you. People, well, maybe not so much. It takes a little time. When things are raw and like the person I spoke about earlier, it's not time for me to go to them and say, you know what? You need to forgive that because right now I would be hurting them. They're not ready to forgive it. The time will come when they know. Now, there may be a time, if they if they haven't dealt with it in a couple years, I might have to go and say, you know I mean? I, I have a lot of respect for you, and you've spoken in my life many times. I want to help you with something. I'm worried about you, and I'll be able to talk to them. But not right now. It's way too raw. It's way too open. But the point that I'm trying to make tonight is that there are some things that you bring on yourself, and you bring it on yourself. God's going to forgive you the moment that you repent. Others they will, they will forgive you in time. And if they don't forgive you, it really will become their problem if you have truly repented and done everything within your power to make it right. Now, I'm going to reiterate that. If you've done everything within your power to make it right, that means you've stopped what you were doing. But then forgiving one's own self for what you have done or what you have said, there's probably nothing that I that bothers me any more deeply than when I do something, I, I can be the slowest dunce that I know. me. Sometimes I miss golden opportunities to say the right thing. And I accept. The wrong moment to say the wrong thing. Anybody else understand my struggles? And then I go home and I can't sleep at night thinking, I shouldn't have said that. That was wrong. I didn't mean it that way. It didn't come out right. I didn't, I didn't. I just about quit posting on Facebook. You know why? Because sometimes I would post things thinking it was hilarious and get hate mail three hours later. And I'm thinking, you didn't know that I was kidding. So I just finally just said, phooey with this. If I'm going to be so misunderstood, I'll I'll limit what I say. (coughs) Which is probably better. That's the scary thing is sometimes in written word people don't They don't see your demeanor. They don't get your dry sense of humor. They think that you're being serious when you're trying to be tongue-in-cheek and think that everybody knows what you're talking about, and so then you get the hate mail back, you know. You offended me! But dealing with our own forgiveness... This is where we have to get to a point of saying, how do I forgive myself for what I've said or what I've done or the way I've acted or what I brought on myself or my family or my friends, my church? How do I deal with this? This becomes an issue between you and God. That you have to reach a point where you understand, you know what, my name has been changed. I persecuted the church. My name was Saul. That's who I was back there. But forgetting the things that are behind, I, Paul, press forth to the things that are before me. You think the Apostle Paul had a memory problem? I don't. He wrote the majority of the New Testament, one of the most intellectual men of his day. I don't believe he had a memory problem. He could, have, he could have probably recanted and told in detail every bit of persecution that he had brought upon the church. Of course he could. But what he's saying is, I refuse to allow what happened to be relived every moment and every day of my life. I'm putting my focus on what lies ahead of me and before me. And allow God to forgive me, allow others to forgive me and I am making a choice to forgive myself and to move forward. The only reason one truly cannot forgive himself is that if he has not truly repented. But when one truly repents and knows in, the, in your heart of heart that you are not the same person, that you are, you have repented and you are a new creature in Christ Jesus, Old things are dead. And all things have become in my future. You see, there's a thread through the scripture that is telling us how we have to deal with these issues. I am not going to allow what's happened to me, what I brought on myself, what others have done to me, or what just happened in life. Because there is the whole dynamic of there's some things that you didn't cause that just simply happens. And you don't understand it. Why did my mother have to pass away at such a young age? Why? I don't understand it. I have to put that in the hands of God and say God knew exactly what he's doing. I don't understand it. He never said I would understand it. But he did say that he's working everything for our good. And so I know there was a blessing in it. And then on top of that, now that I am a little older and lived a little while, I'm now starting to say, wow, She's not living in the pain and the anguish and the the issues and the the problems that she was going through. She now doesn't have to live in those. And that may sound so simple and so shallow, but the issue is, is I'm having to learn to work through those dynamics of things that none of us could help. But I'm saying I'm not going to dwell on the why of that. I'm going to press toward the mark. Someday we're going to meet again. So it's not always what you do or what others have done. Sometimes it's what life brings to you. Hurts are very real. Disappointment really doesn't feel so good. No one takes lightly rejection. I really do struggle. My wife is right. I really do struggle with forgetting. I struggle with it. doesn't make me inferior to the Apostle Paul it means I've got to learn how to handle this memory bank of mine that can't remember how to spell worth a flip that can remember numbers like crazy I think they call that autism that's not funny And I can remember every pain and every hurt, all the anguish, and everything somebody said and how somebody acted. And every time it's just bang, 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 it's right there. I've got to put it on an altar. I've got to put it in my past. And when somebody says, do you remember when? I remember forgetting that. I remember when I put that on the altar. I remember when I forgave that. I remember when I put that behind. I don't want to belabor the point tonight, but your future is depending on how well you can forget. Stand with me. Let's pray together. Lift your hands if you can tonight. Lord, I come to you right now. I pray over this congregation tonight that has sit through the last few minutes of this Bible study. Oh, God, help us, oh, Lord, deal with the things that we cannot change. Help us forget the things that are are behind us. Help us walk away from them without it affecting our future. Every one of us that struggle with pain and hurt and anguish of our past, help us step into the future by your help. Help us forget, Lord, that we may gain the future. Because if we retain the past, we will lose the future. Help us, oh God, to keep our eyes on the prize that is set before us. Help us, oh Lord, to be what you would have us to be. We thank and glorify you. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Everybody say amen. God bless you tonight. Hope I helped somebody with the word. May God richly bless you. Remember work day on Saturday, church back here on Sunday. We're going to have a wonderful, wonderful time this weekend. Bring somebody to church with you. Go in peace in Jesus' name.